I'm Henry Standage, and you're listening to the Western Science Speaks podcast. In celebration of International Week, we're excited to bring you a special edition of the Western Science Speaks podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with two different recent Western graduates who spent their fourth year studying abroad in very different places. In the first half of the show, we'll be talking with a student who spent six months in Stockholm, Sweden, before transitioning to an interview with a student who spent 10 months in Singapore. In this podcast, we'll be looking for the overlapping cultural themes, as well as the contrasting aspects that make studying abroad such an incredibly exciting opportunity. I think what really comes through from both of these interviews is that, while living in foreign countries will bring obvious differences, Most countries actually have more in common to home than you might initially think. And as one of the interviewees put it to me, it's a brick a day of culture shock, not all the bricks at once. And that's mainly in thanks to the institutions that are in place in these foreign countries. And I think that's a really eloquent way to put it. Anyway, here's the first interview. Where did you study abroad? Um, My exchange was at Stockholm University in Sweden. And was this for academically driven reasons, because I understand that they have some pretty awesome schools over there, or was this just something you'd kind of personally always wanted to do? Um, It was a bit of both. I guess for myself, like, as a Canadian student, I sort of recognized that as the world is more increasingly globalized, the benefits of connecting internationally really are paramount. So I knew that studying abroad would uh, expand my horizons in an interconnected world of, like, thoughts, theories, and progression. I also knew that being abroad would sort of give me an opportunity to connect and learn uh, about the diversity uh, in the global community uh, and expand my appreciation over those distinctions. And were you looking at a couple other places or were you kind of always locked in on Sweden? Um, I knew that I wanted to go somewhere in Scandinavia, so I had looked uh, at universities in Sweden and in Denmark. Uh, Those were sort of my primary areas. Now, I heard that in Sweden they do one course a month, Yeah. <laughs> which I thought sounded great, but what were your thoughts about that? Um, it was different. It was a bit of a shock for sure. Um, I'm used to sort of more multitasking and taking on larger tasks, uh, but it was nice to focus in on just one subject and sort of have your brain centered on that for a period of time. So I enjoyed it, and I got really close with my classmates. Uh, the class sizes were only like 12 people, very small. So it was like a little family, kind of going month by month in every course. Were there any other aspects that were completely different in Sweden academically than here? Um, Academically, I'd say that they have more of a personal connection with their professors and like their peers. Um, And I think that just speaks to the size of the classes. They're very small and everyone's uh, really connected in that sense. Um, I'd say mostly I noticed more of a difference in um, the way people just connected in general, they're more, um, it's more of an individual mindset and people are a bit more shy or timid, so it kind of takes a while to get into, to break into the shell of most Swedes, but once you're there, it's like family. So it'd be hard to get them on a podcast, is what you're yeah, saying? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Accommodation-wise, how did that get set up? I'm really fortunate that Western has an agreement with Stockholm University, uh, so I was able just to show up at Stockholm University and I was guaranteed accommodation. Uh, it was really nice. We had single rooms and a separate bathroom, but a shared kitchen space. 
So you were able to sort of connect with your floor mates and have that um, cohesiveness, but still your own separate space. So it was like the best of both worlds. Nice. So sweet style. Yeah, exactly. How were you able to balance your academics? Because obviously you've gone there to also learn different things, but you also want to travel. You're kind of like right in the middle of Europe. Um, yeah. So how were you able to balance leisure time with studying? I was really fortunate. The friends that I made, um, we sort of motivated one another to get the assignments done and out of the way, and then just capitalized on our free time to be, you know, on a night bus to Oslo or um, a train to Copenhagen or something like that. Um, so really, just sort of taking uh, advantage of our free time, and it was lucky because it do it doesn't take very long to travel places and it's mm -hmm. cheap, so it made it pretty easy. How often were you going to places? Um, in my first semester, I say I want to say I stayed put a bit more just because I was still sort of trying to find uh, my way in Stockholm and navigating that, and everything was new and exciting there, so I didn't feel like I wanted to be uh, gone as much. Um, and then come my second semester, it was like every other weekend was like a new place nice. to go, which was really cool. What was your favorite place that you went? That's tough. I mean, I love Stockholm, so that would probably be my number one, but I guess I'm studying there. Um, in terms of traveling, uh, Copenhagen was really cool. It was kind of like a, like this picturesque little town. Um, but Berlin was really, really interesting too. And I'd recommend it. <laughs> what, what would you say to someone who was thinking about studying abroad but wasn't sure that maybe Scandinavia would be different enough or wasn't sure that they would enjoy themselves? Is there kind of like tips you would give them? Um, I guess for somebody studying, uh, thinking about studying abroad, I would say, uh, like first and foremost, you should definitely do it. It's really worth it. It's an amazing experience. It's really enlightening. And then just to go into it with an open mind. If you're considering Scandinavia, I highly recommend it. It's a, for me, it was a huge contrast uh, to Canadian culture. So it did give you sort of that difference, but it didn't feel difficult to integrate there uh, simply because there wasn't a huge language barrier. Everyone there spoke English really well and was very uh, open and willing to communicate with you in English. But even if you tried out uh, Swedish and it was really, really bad and your sentences made no sense, they were really, really uh, nice and they slowed down and they were trying to encourage you. So right. it was a great time. Scandinavia, one of the most intellectual regions in the world, represents an ideal location for those who want a change of scenery, but maybe don't want their entire world to be flipped upside down. Now let's go to my interview with a student who spent almost a year residing in Singapore. Southeast Asia is one of the most cerebral places on earth, and on paper, there surely aren't much more alien places to go for somebody raised in North America. Here's the interview. Where did you go abroad? I went to the National University of Singapore. Singapore? Yeah. So how does that come about? I knew that I wanted to go to Asia on exchange because I guess like going to Australia, New Zealand is cool, but I wanted to go for a full year and that's not really an option for Australia, New Zealand and the Southern Hemisphere. And Europe is different, but it wasn't different enough and I have my Irish passport so it's pretty easy for me to move to Europe to work. So uh, I know it's a lot more difficult to have a good excuse to move abroad uh, in Asia. So I took advantage of it with exchange. That makes sense. And so yeah. I assume you went through a pretty big culture shock. Yeah, the nice thing about Singapore though is that it's a, I mean, it's pretty common to hear this thing, but it's a good mix of Western and Asian culture. Um, so instead not of hitting- Not Western University. No, not they Western University. Like <laughs> no, but um, instead of 
a brick wall, you kind of get a brick a day. That's the best way of describing okay. the culture shock. So it's not like you're just plopped down in something so completely new, but it's new enough that there are certain things every day that you're kind of like, oh, oh, okay. So. Is the university you went to, does it have a reputation for taking international students? I would say so, yeah. NUS is the number one school in Asia, according to Times Higher Education, and has been for the last three years. So um, they're pretty, pretty good with taking international students, both for exchange and just as regular students as Western does with their international students. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the best schools I think you can go to, so um, they're pretty good with that seems like the best way to avoid disaster is to go to a school that's kind of used to handling people coming from abroad. Yeah, I they had a really, really great welcome program because I was there for the full year. Um, when I arrived at the end of July, I had about two weeks to settle in and they ran a whole bunch of programs for the exchange students for about seven or eight days leading up to the start of classes. Um, and that was a really good way of getting people settled, getting them used to the transit system, meeting new exchange students, both in your program um, and in your residence. And yeah, it was, they were fantastic. And any issues I had, all of the professors were great with answering questions. They know it's not easy to move abroad. So um, yeah, it was really good. For Singapore, was this academically driven or was this you kind of wanted personal growth-wise to do this? Or what was the main reason? Um, my main reason for going abroad in general was for academic and just like personal experience, I guess. Um, there's no better way, in my opinion, to live abroad somewhere without having to pay crazy fees than going on exchange. Um, and like I said, when I was narrowing down my choices, um, NUS is number one school in Asia, so that was a huge factor for me in terms of education. And I wanted something that was pretty good for traveling, of course, um, especially because I was there for the year. And Singapore is kind of the central hub of Southeast Asia. Um, and that made it really easy to go away on weekend trips and stuff like that when you weren't too busy with school. But that being said, because NUS is such a good school, one of the biggest differences I found was in terms of I guess the mentality towards academics because it's not like people at Western aren't academically oriented they are but in Singapore it's honestly ridiculous like I don't know I'm how they shocked, sleep yeah. I, I was only taking four courses um, and I knew students who were taking seven and they were doing like three or four extracurriculars they called them CCAs and like some people had a job, some people were volunteering, and they were still sleeping and had a social life. What about the education system was different? One thing that I had a hard time with was the weighting of assessment, um, because at Western, and again, these are just with the courses that I've taken, a lot of times it's a lot of coursework throughout the semester, right, with assessments, and usually your final exams are like 30, 40, maybe 50 percent, right, yeah. but when I was in Singapore, my lowest weighting for a final exam was 60. I had 160 and I think like four 70% exams, and then the other 30 or 40% came from a midterm. <laughs> Do you feel like, so the first one you took, I mean, I assume you must have been super nervous, you're on edge. Yeah. You're probably taking an 80% exam. Do you feel like by the end of the trip, you'd kind of become accustomed 
to that high stakes exam? Yeah, I would say so. It was easier going into an exam and less nerve wracking for sure. Um, Were you able to travel, go to different countries? Yeah, I was pretty fortunate with that. We, with our fall recess week and then the reading week before exams, so they do um, two week-long breaks in the semester. So one is the middle of the semester and then one is between the end of classes and the beginning of exams with those ones and then we had um, some long long weekend holidays like Chinese New Year and stuff like that. Um, and then our Christmas break was a month long. Um, so I had family come visit me and we did some traveling with that and then I came home for a little bit, um, which was not nice for the weather. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was good. I was pretty fortunate with that. Where'd you go? I went to Indonesia twice, once to Sumatra and once to Lombok. I went to Bangkok for Chinese New Year weekend. I went to Vietnam, Cambodia, um, Japan. It's quite a few countries. Yeah, it's still it's still a long list. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I feel. And so, how was uh, accommodations? Like, where did you stay? Was it with other English speaking people? When I was traveling, or at NUS? Oh, sorry, at the school. At the school, yeah. So the way that NUS worked was there's three types of accommodations. So similar to Western where you have traditional hybrid and suite style, they have, I think it's like residences, residential colleges, and um, halls. And so I stayed in a hall, which is pretty, I guess you could compare it to the traditional style at Western. And so for me, I was in MedSid my first year and then I soft in MedSid. So I really liked the traditional style and I thought, oh, it's good to meet people and blah, blah, blah. And um, apparently the residences, which are more sweet style, those ones are really heavy with international students. And the halls, which is where I stayed, which are more traditional style ones, those ones are, they usually, they tend to have less um, exchange students. So it was a smaller exchange community and more local students and that was something that I searched for um, and I got that and it was good and my neighbor was Singaporean and I got to know her really well and we still keep in touch. Did you pick up anything in Singapore? So any sort of activities or did you pick up the language a little bit? Um, so Singapore actually has four national languages, one of which is English. So I would say 99% of the population with the exception of a lot of like some of the elders 99% speak English yeah okay something along those lines like it because it's one of the four national languages the way that um, God, kids so are taught than us. I, <laughs> believe me I know um, basically the way that they're taught is like they learn English and then most are, are either like Indian Singaporean Malay Singaporean or Chinese Singaporean so they either learn Tamil Malay or Mandarin um, in addition to English. So there was really no language barrier, which was great. Um, and I got into rock climbing in my third year at, at Western. And so um, rock climbing is actually pretty big in Singapore as well. There's a whole bunch of different gyms. So two of the exchange students in my hall uh, were also rock climbers and they had brought their gear along. So um, that was something that we were doing quite often during the weeks as well. If you were talking to someone who's thinking about going to study abroad and they're saying, well, I want to go away, but I don't want to go to somewhere completely different like Asia, what would you say to convince them to go there instead of somewhere like England, where it's going to be a pretty smooth transition? I would say do it. <laughs> it's, like I was saying earlier, I think it's a lot easier, at least 
with what, because I'm just as like a little background of my education, because I double majored in medical science and French studies, the med sci aspect of it, I'm, I'm not really into research and I like, I'm not really interested in master's programs or anything like that. So not having a practical experience like nursing or medicine or stuff like that, you in my opinion, you're limited in your opportunities to go to Asia because a lot of times that's science research based or business based. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's such a really good point. Yeah. So whereas like you can go pretty much anywhere in Europe and like almost everyone will speak English and Asia is just it's so different and it's so important that you put yourself outside of your comfort zone. And like I said about Singapore, it's not at least what I found, it's not like you just arrive and it's like I'm in a whole completely different culture. I don't speak the language. I don't like the food. It's Everything's different. There's just so many different things. But, I mean, it's just, it's such an amazing experience and it's, it's you, you're not paying international student fees. You're paying, like, you pay your tuition to Western when you go on exchange. All you're paying for is your accommodation, which for me was actually cheaper than it was here, and it's cheaper to stay in accommodation in Singapore as opposed to staying in the city because it's such an expensive country. You, it's just, it's like the ideal situation for you to go out and experience something different, put yourself outside of your comfort zone, and learn so much about you, about different cultures, not just Singaporean culture, but like we had students from Hong Kong, we had students from Japan, we had students from China, we had students from all over Europe. So you're really just in this big melting pot of culture and it's an amazing experience. Like I just, I, there's no words for me to describe how much I loved my exchange and I would recommend that to any single person who's, like even if you have a little smidgen of, oh, I don't know, maybe look into it and apply because it was the best decision I made in my it was just so nice to be able to have that experience and to be able to, I guess, like, sh- it's it's just a mutual sharing, right? Like, it's so humbling at the same time, but you also get to be like, oh, well, I'm Canadian and this is the school I go to and this is how much I love my culture. Let me share this with you. But also, I know nothing about these cultures. So, like, bring this, I'll bring all this knowledge into, into my life. Um, And yeah, I mean, I guess you could, I'm definitely not the same person now as I was when I left. Um, Any better or worse, I couldn't really tell you, but (laughs) it's, yeah, it was definitely life-changing. That's the end of the second and final interview. I hope you found this podcast informative. Not every person I talked to made the podcast, but the one universal note I took away from every exchange student I had the privilege of talking to was that regardless of where they went, Every one of them called it one of the most rewarding experiences of their lives, academically and personally. Western International Week goes from November 12th to 16th. You can find out about all the events by going to the Western International website. I'm Henry Standage signing out. Thanks for listening.